When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everyone. This is Catfish on Ice with your host, Chad Minton. This is episode 172, presented by DraftKings and Raycon wireless earbuds and speakers. Use our promo codes THPN for exclusive offers on both DraftKings and Raycon. Got a lot to get into. First of all, you can follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice, also on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to hit subscribe down below if you're watching this video on YouTube right now on our YouTube channel. We would love to get the subscription and also for you to join in on live episode streams throughout the week. And you can comment about the National Predators, about hockey, whatever you want. We have a lot of fun. Let's tell you what we're getting into today for episode 172 of Catfish on Ice. We got to get into the opening faceoff, which is... The Predators grinding out a huge, ugly, but huge win over the Philadelphia Flyers. You always got to expect a really ugly game when you're going up, going up against a John Tortorello coach team. And that's exactly what we saw in Philly on Saturday for an afternoon game of hockey. And you're talking about two teams desperately clinging on to their playoff hopes. The Predators a little bit further up there than the Flyers are, but still, two teams that really can't afford to lose too many more games the rest of the way out here, these 30-plus games we got left. So you saw that on the ice. You saw two teams really desperate, ramped up the physicality, wrapped up the hits, really got the block shots. We're going to really dissect that game and what I saw in that game. A lot of drama in that game as well because of Philip Forsberg and that injury that he sustained. It looked really scary in real time. And going to talk about how that's going to impact the team going forward. We got a little bit of news today on what his injury designation is. Um, I remain optimistic that it's not as bad as it looks. So we will see. We got to talk about that. We've also got to talk about some of the things that happened throughout that game in terms of physicality, block shots, discipline, um, of course, Matt Duchesne scores the game winner in overtime. Got to talk about that. We are also going to get into the updated playoff odds around the NHL, most notably in the Western Conference and how that affects the National Predators. It's something that you'll look at every day if you're in the position of the National Predators right now because one or two games just drastically seems to affect where the Predators are in terms of trying to get their ninth consecutive playoff berth. And I know a lot of fans out there don't care about the playoffs. They care about a long-term rebuild. But be that as it may, we've still got to keep tabs on it because, look, the Predators sit just four points out of a playoff spot, and there's still a lot of time left. And the old adage goes, you make it in, anything can happen, especially when you have a goaltender, a world-class goaltender like UC Soros. 
So we will have to wait and see. So we're going to really dissect where the Predators sit, what the playoff odds are looking like right now as of February 12th, 2023. And of course, the Predators have just nine games left before the March 3rd trade deadline. So that is very significant because with the Predators tweening around on this playoff bubble, uh, a four-game losing streak could drastically change what David Poyle's plans are for the trade deadline. And on the flip side, if the Predators can turn this win over Philly into another three or four wins in a row, who knows how that will change David Poyle's strategy. So these next nine games are really under a microscope for a team like the Predators where you don't know just which direction they're going to go in, which has really been the overall theme all season. So we're going to look at the playoff odds. And then also I've got my top five most tradable players right now. Call it my Nashville Predators trade board, if you will. I'm going to update it throughout the month of February leading up to the trade deadline on March 3rd. So I've got five players right now on the Predators that I'm going to reveal later in this episode that I think are the most tradable, the most likely to be traded right now on the National Predators, if they become sellers to begin with. They might not, but these are my top five most tradable players. And of course, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl 57 is later this evening, in just a couple hours. We got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, fly, Eagles fly, if you ask me. So we will get into that just a little bit. I'll tell you who I'm picking, who I'm riding with. I just told you. But I'm going to really kind of lightly touch on that game to close out episode 172 because, of course, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so we got to at least touch on it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, this is Catfish on Ice, episode 172, with your host, Chad Minton, brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon, promo codes THPN for offers on both of those awesome sponsors. I'll tell you more about them later in this episode. Let's get into it. The opening face-off of episode 172 is the Preds grind out a win in Philly. Overall theme of this game for me was desperation. That's the word I'm talking about for both teams. Of course, the Flyers are way further back in the standings. Their playoff odds are basically about as thin as they can get. The Predators, slightly better, but still no room for error the rest of the way out, out, out on this uh, season. So you saw two teams who play very, very similar styles of hockey. They muck it up. They make it physical. They forecheck hard. They hit hard. They get in shot lanes. They don't make it look pretty, and they rely on – their goaltenders to seize the day. And boy, did we get a really good goaltender duel, even though the shot totals were not very high for either team. We still saw two really great goaltenders go at it in UC Saros and Carter Hart. What a great two uh, goalie matchup this was because you're talking about two goaltenders with uh, similar ages, uh, two uh, future great goaltenders in this league. They're already great goaltenders. And so that was a treat for this game. But what really stood out in this game the most was, of course, the defensive structure that the Flyers play with. We had already seen it once this season when the Predators were able to score just one goal in the entire game, and it came in like the 58th minute of regulation when Matt Duchesne kind of scored a garbage-time goal. Well, this time, Matt Duchesne scores the critical goal that gets the Predators the win. He scores in overtime in a one-to-one tie game in overtime. Matt Duchesne gets his 16th goal of the season, extends his goal streak to three games in a row. He's really starting to uh, seize the moment and become a focal point for this Predators team. 
that let's just not even – let's just cut to the chase. This team cannot score on a regular basis, and it's going to be probably the main reason why if they don't make the playoffs, that will be the reason why. It's because this team simply cannot score. They go on these long scoring droughts where not only can they not score, but they can't even find scoring chances. They can't even break out of their zone. They make it look that difficult sometimes. So – that is what happened again in this game. Luckily, they were going up against a Flyers team that also has a hard time scoring goals, also lacks a lot of offensive firepower. So you had to have some patience when you're watching this game because it was just hard to find a lot of offense on either side of the coin here. And, you know, you, you get an early goal from Nino Niederreiter. He gets finally gets back on the board. Uh, Niederreiter hadn't scored a goal in quite some time. Uh, it was his first goal since January 12th. So the Predators did get out in front with a 1-0 lead, and they nursed it for a little bit. But then really the only blemish that UC Sorrells had the whole day was when uh, Kevin Hayes got loose on a one-on-one, kind of a defensive breakdown in the neutral zone. Wasn't really sure what Matias Ekholm was doing in this scenario. He kind of was the one that seemed a little lost in the neutral zone. But – as you, as you say, Saros gets beat here. But you know what? He's human. It's going to happen. But, yeah, Kevin Hayes gets the goal. Uh, kind of just puts a really great move on Saros. So tip your cap to, to Hayes on getting the goal. And so we were tied at one-to-one. We go into the third period, and both teams just not giving an inch. I feel like the Flyers definitely dictated the defensive pace a little bit more, but – the Predators got plenty of zone time in this game. They really did. I mean, th- they had chances. It Not only did the Flyers block 30 shots, but when the Predators did have some open looks, they missed the net a lot. So it wasn't just – it was a combination of missing the net, not getting shots on the net, not getting it into the traffic, but it was also, of course, when the Predators did get some shots, yeah, the Flyers blocking 30 shots, which is just an insane number. The uh, Predators only had 13 block shots to that. But still, what this is why I'm calling it a grinded out win because the Predators just had to keep pushing. They had to keep keep uh, keeping at it, keep chipping away, keep this game close. Of course they did. And you can get away with that against a team like the Flyers because the Flyers aren't going to light up the scoreboard. So that's kind of what the Predators had to do. They had to stick to their game plan and just keep chipping away and wait for that moment. You get it to overtime, a little more ice opens up in the overtime format, and it only took around 30 seconds, I think 34 seconds exactly, into the overtime period. And Matthew Shane, rather effortlessly, skates into the slot. Ryan Johansson finds him open, and you know Duchesne just pinpoints an accurate shot above Carter Hart. And the Predators get the two points. So they maintain their pace in the playoff race here. They're still four points back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in this episode with the current playoff odds. But they get to 56 points on the season. Some other things that stood out, discipline for me, really stood out in this game. The Predators take no minor penalties in this game, which is a pretty significant accomplishment, if you ask me, because there was a lot of drama Emotions had to stay in check. We're going to talk about the Forsberg hit a little bit more here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, things got a little chippy here. I mean, both teams were jawing at each other going into the first intermission right after that hit on Forsberg happened. And you kind of wondered, were the Predators going to kind of get 
dragged into this emotionally charged game where bad penalties tend to happen. And then you put the Flyers on the power play, even though the Flyers have the worst power play in the league, you still don't want to gift them with power plays in a situation where goals are really at a premium. And so I thought the Predators did an outstanding job of remaining disciplined by taking no minor penalty penalties. They do take two fighting majors. Tanner Janot drops the gloves right at the start of the second period, fresh off the Forsberg injury, even though – I think the hit on Forsberg by Rasmus Ristolainen was was a very clean hit, and it was more just the product of Forsberg taking an awkward fall and his head directly hit the ice. That's what caused this injury and caused him to have to leave the game. So, But still, it's hockey. You're going to stick up for your star player. That's what Tanner Janot did. did. That's his one of his roles on this team. And so, you know, maybe – Jano looks back on it and he's like, all right, that wasn't a dirty hit, but I'm still going to stick up for my uh, for my teammate, for the, one of the star players on this team. So I don't have a problem with anything that happened there. It's hockey. It's a rough sport. Jano fights a lot, and so that was good. And then Yusuf Parson gets his first fighting major of his NHL career. This fight was a little more um, quick. It uh, they were they were throwing the fist fast, but Parson gets his first fighting major of his career. So stick taps for him for uh, sticking up for another teammate there in that sequence. So you got two fighting majors from the Predators, but no sloppy minor penalties that could have put the Flyers in a easy chance to score another cheap goal. So great stuff there. Of course, the physicality, Predators are always going to bring the physicality. Jeremy Lausanne was an absolute bowling ball out there, just wrecking anything that was in his path. Jeremy Lausanne leads the team with nine hits. Tanner Janot had seven. Ryan McDonough with five, and Ryan McDonough added another four blocks to lead the team in that department. Of course, Ryan McDonough, we know all about him and how he gets into those shot lanes and 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 does the uh, the dirty work by blocking shots to protect the house for UC Soros. So he did a good job in this game as well. So just another really, really grinded out type of win that the Predators, it's kind of their calling card, is this is the way they got to win a lot of these games. Here's my problem with all this. I love the two points. I love that they got the two points and they figured out a way to get it done. But this is not sustainable against a lot of the really good elite teams that are currently ahead of you to make the playoffs. You got to figure out a way to get more sustained offense going forward against some of these much better teams that you're going to be facing and that, that you have to pass right now in the standings to get in the playoffs. Most teams do not play like Philly. Most teams play wide open. They take chances. That they use their speed to get in on the rush, and they're going to burn you for three or four goals, even if Soros is at the top of his game. So I don't know if the Predators can really afford to, to live this way for very much longer and actually make the playoffs. So let's talk about Philip Forsberg real quick and that hit. Once again, let me get back to that real quick to move along here in episode 172. He lost his footing basically when he took the hit, which didn't look that bad in real time. He hit the ice very awkwardly. His head hit the ice very, very hard. And I think he was a little dazed. I think he was just, you know, I thought originally that it was a shoulder injury because I thought maybe in real time he landed on his shoulder. Maybe he had dislocated something. Maybe he had torn something. And so he was staying still to not further aggravate the injury. 
but it turned out in the slow motion replay, no, this was a, a head injury. It was a very scary situation. Anytime there's anything to do with the head, it's it's a very scary situation because you just don't know what, what could have happened there. And so his teammates help him off the ice. Uh, nothing dirty about the hit, as I just said, but your immediate thought other than Obviously, you're hoping Forsberg is okay. But after that, your immediate thought on the hockey side of things is how long is he going to be out for? Is this going to be like a season-ending type of injury at, in the in the uh, immediate moments after this hit and this injury and him laying down on the ice and having to be helped off the ice? You're thinking – you think the Predators are hurting now to score and create offensive chances. You take Forsberg out of the equation here, it's going to get even worse. But – it looks like, as of today, his update is a day-to-day -day designation, which is the best you could hope for right now. Because hopefully, I think out of an abundance of caution, Forsberg probably doesn't play against Arizona. Because if it's anything to do with the head, you got to give him a few days, at least three or four days, to not take any physical contact. And so I would be extremely surprised if Forsberg plays against Arizona on Monday night, that would give him just one day off from the game, from this game. And I just don't think that's enough time to recover from whatever type of head injury he took, whether it was a mild concussion, whatever it was. So I would not expect him to play against Arizona. Of course, a lot of people immediately think about calling up Philip Tomasino to put in Forsberg's place. We'll have to wait and see if that's what the Predators decide to do, depending on how much time, Forsberg actually does miss. I'm expecting us to get a decent update on Forsberg's status on Monday before the game against the Arizona Coyotes. And that's a matchup where I think you can show caution here, give Forsberg some time to recover, and not miss him terribly against a team like the Coyotes. Even though the Coyotes are one of those teams that can randomly beat anybody in the league, they're still a team that's completely out of it. And as long as you come up and play your top – level performance you should be able to beat the coyotes with or without forsberg in the lineup but again really really scary moment here for forsberg and we hope definitely hope he's okay we'll have to wait and see who replaces him in the lineup if it's philip tomasino um that would be your first choice of course but we'll have to wait and see on that all right Let's move along here. It's episode 172 of Catfish on Ice presented by DraftKings. Let's tell you about DraftKings, the offer we got going on for you right now. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus best bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for to see what prop bet will be boosted. So right now, on the Sunday of the Super Bowl, we got our DraftKings customers getting out there and seeing what kind of prop bets they can get in on and which ones are being boosted. Right now, my Super Bowl pick, of course, is Fly Eagles Fly. Let's ride with the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's next up to, to really become a great quarterback in this league. But what a quarterback matchup we have in store for us. Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. 
I'm slightly riding with the Eagles because I like their defense way more than I like the Chiefs. And But this game has a three-point spread written all over it. I could see a game-winning field goal happening definitely in this game. It's going to be a really, really fun game. So with that, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode for our disclaimer on gambling help. If you have a gambling crisis, if you have a gambling problem, there are ways and phone numbers you can call to get support and the help you need on that. All right, next up here in episode 172 of Catfish on Ice with your host, Chad Minton, is let's get into the updated playoff odds here as the Preds sit four points back of both the wild card and of the top three of the central division. So they have two different paths that are within reach right now to make the playoffs. Not only usually we're always focused on the wild card because that's usually where the predators are at, but they actually can get into the top three of the division as well. It's a very crowded little race bubble right now. So using the money puck, Playoff odds, which is the best. I can't get enough of it. Money Puck is one of the best hockey websites out there uh, for everything you need is ter- in terms of stats, in terms of analytics, playoff odds, game previews, whatever you need. Money Puck is like the best out there. Currently today, as of February 12th, the Preds have around a 25% chance of making the playoffs according to Money Puck's playoff odds. They've been around that number for for a good month now at least. I've seen them creep into the low 30s a couple times, but they've been around that number for a while. Uh, That's kind of surprising, though, for me, that their odds are so low considering that they've got two different ways within reach of making the playoffs when you consider uh, third place being within reach as well. Right now, they are – they trail Colorado – and Minnesota for third place in the division. Colorado and Minnesota are tied with the same amount of points with 60. But Colorado has significantly higher playoff odds, according to Money Puck, with a 66% chance. Minnesota's at a 59% chance to make the playoffs. And like I said, the Predators are way down at 25%, despite just a four-point difference. And also, you got to take into account, the Predators have games in hand in this playoff race. They have, play, they have games in hand on everyone ahead of them. They've only played 50 games, whereas Minnesota's played 52 and Colorado's played 51. So it's still pretty close. Also, when you look at the wild card race, you also got Minnesota right there. They're currently the second wild card place holder with those 60 points. Even though they're tied with Colorado, Colorado has the tiebreaker right now to get the third place spot as of now. So Minnesota as we said, is four points ahead of the Predators for the final wild card spot. You've also got Calgary currently at 60 points as well. And they've played three more games than the Predators. So they've got – so the Predators have some games in hand uh, when this is all said and done to pass some of these teams. But with that, when you look at these playoff odds, according to Money Puck, these teams have significantly higher – playoff odds than the Predators. Calgary, despite playing three more games, they have an 88% chance to make the playoffs 
compared to the Predators, 25%. And then let's throw in the Seattle Kraken as well, just because, you know, they're seven points ahead. That's a pretty big gap. But they are the first wild card holder right now. They've got a 91% chance to make the playoffs. So you're looking at the Predators right now in terms of the Western Conference playoff race. They're pretty much the last team clinging on to a playoff spot, right? Or clinging on to playoff hopes right now if you're looking at the West. Because all your other teams are 50% or higher in the playoff race to make the make the playoffs in the West. The Preds are way down at 25%. The only other team <laughs> that shows up, that even shows up behind the Predators in the West for playoff odds is the St. Louis Blues, who have fallen down to a 3% chance to make the playoffs. What a disastrous letdown season it's been for the St. Louis Blues, by the way. So I saw plenty of preseason odds that thought the Blues could be a second-place team in the division, and they are – I mean, they're pretty much all but eliminated at this point. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, they sent Vladimir Tarasenko away, one of their longtime greats. They sent him to the New York Rangers. So, of course, the the selling off has already started to happen for the St. Louis Blues. Your, your other Western Conference teams that don't even show up anymore, Arizona, San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim, they don't even show up on the playoff odds. So, again, Predators are really the last team clinging on right now in the playoff odds per money puck. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Of course, I think the Predators need a – they need a four- or five-game winning streak at minimum right now to really, really up their playoff odds, maybe get back up into that 40 to 50% range of making the playoffs. they got to get a four- or five-game winning streak. For instance, a loss against Arizona would be very detrimental. As we said to open the episode, the Predators are one of those teams that have very little margin for error the rest of the way out. They cannot afford to drop games against lame duck teams like the Arizona Coyotes. No offense to the to that team, but they are a team that's thinking long-term future. There's no playoffs in sight. There's This is all about getting your young players playing time. And so the Predators have to treat this like a business well, they're coming home, so it's not really a business trip, but they definitely have to treat it all business and be completely focused. And you got to get these two points against these uh, teams that you're that you're better than. And so there's, the margin for error is very thin right now. That's why the win over Philly is a massive one. Let's move on here throughout episode 172. And, of course, got to tell you about another sponsor we have, and, of course, that's Raycon. Uh, we, Raycon is an amazing sponsor. They do wireless earbuds, wireless speakers. And this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good. But most of the time, it's pretty unrealistic, right? But there's something that's easy to make a big change in for your New Year's resolution. And that is, you know what? you got to find the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase even the smallest things can be a big part of a big change if it's something you see you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. So everyone wants to get in the gym more, right? That's the one of the top New Year's resolutions. Well, Raycon is a great product to have to really get you going, get your uh, get your sweat going, get your pump going at the gym. You got your wireless earbuds. You can listen to your favorite music, your favorite playlist, your favorite podcast. That's where the wireless earbuds by Raycon really come in. Uh, and let's say you're, you say you want to run more. You want to start running 
a couple miles a day, your Raycons are there for you to listen to your music while you're running. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. So I like the speaker. You're having like it's Super Bowl Sunday. You say you want to have some have a get together. Then the Raycon wireless speakers are great for that game. If you're a gamer, online gamer, you're on the Xbox, you're on the PlayStation. Your wireless earbuds by Raycon can come in handy for you there. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So this is my endorsement for Raycons. They work great for me in the gym. They work great for going out and running, and they fit They fit great. They, the sound quality is just amazing. It's the best It's the best uh, earbuds I have ever used personally. And so I highly recommend them to all of our listeners right now. Three customi- customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation awareness mode, custom gel tips per- for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance, everyday earbuds and or 11 everyday speakers hours of playing time 11 hours of play time awesome so go use our promo code thpn for to get you an offer on some raycon wireless earbuds or speakers all right as i mentioned earlier here in episode 172 the predators have just nine games left before the nhl trade deadline on march the third it's coming up quick who knows what the predators are going to decide to do here it's very very it's anyone's guess it really is but I do have my top five most tradable Preds players right now if the Predators become sellers. And they don't have to become big sellers to trade one of these players. They might want to get something in return to boost their own playoff hopes. Uh, it could be one of those situations where David Poyle thinks, I see a player I want. I'm willing to trade one of these five players to get this player in return and still make that push for the playoffs. So it doesn't mean that David Poyle's selling because he thinks the playoffs aren't in sight and that this team can't do something special in the playoffs. So let me give you my first trade board. I'm going to update this every week up until the trade deadline. So I'll even update it in the next live episode next week when Kyle Perkins and Rich Howe join me for episode 173. But here it is, my current list here on February 12th uh, with nine games left before the trade deadline. My number five player on the list would absolutely kill me if we did this, but I could see it happening. I could. I could see him being being included in a package to get a draft pick or get another player that David Poyle might want more. That is Colton Sissons. He jumps on my – he's number five on my current trade board because there are a lot of teams out there, playoff teams, who would love to add a Colton Sissons to their depth. And not just for this season – but for the future, Colton Sissons is not a rental. He's got uh, a few years left on his contract. He's relatively a bargain. He's a, he, he, he's not he's under three million AAV per year, so he's not an expensive player at all. Despite having a few years left on his contract, so you'd be getting a long term player here, not a rental, which could be enticing for a team out there who would be interested 
and a Colton Sissons who is a veteran, who does all the things well. He's a two-way player. He's not going to light the lamp a lot offensively, but he is a prototypical third or fourth line veteran that that every team should want to have in their lineup because he wins face-offs. He kills penalties. He blocks shots. He hits. He forechecks. He is a great leader on the ice. So I would not want the Predators to lose him. I'm not saying I want them to trade him, but I do think he is an easy player to trade if the Predators choose to go that route. So keep an eye on Colton Sissons. My number four on the trade board is Matthias Ekholm. He was originally the number one trade piece on Frank Saravelli's NHL trade market board when he released his first edition back in, I think, January or something like that. Since then, Ekholm's fallen way back on his list to like number 25 or something like that. Um, because, you know, of course, the Predators are winning now, so they're not going to be heavy sellers necessarily. But i still got Matthias Ekholm on that list. He's probably the – besides UC Soros, I would think that Matthias Ekholm is the player that would get you the biggest return right now if you were able to trade him. There would be plenty of teams who would love to get Matthias Ekholm into their top two defensive pairings. And so – I don't see it happening. I can't see David Poyle parting ways with one of his coveted veteran defensemen. He loves his defensemen. I can't see him parting ways with Matthias Ekholm unless things get really, really dicey. And let's say they lose six or seven of these next nine games before the trade deadline. That's about the only way I could see Matthias Ekholm getting traded. That's why I have him way back at number four. Number three on my Preds trade deadline board is Mikael Granlund. He's actually the player, out of all five of these players I'm listing here, he's the player I would actually like to see traded the most. But unlike Ekholm and unlike Sissons, I think Granlund's value has really tanked this season. Um, it's tanked way more than it was going in. And so he's a he's still kind of a bargain player, but at the same time, his offense has fallen off a cliff. Only six goals on the season. He's not shooting the puck. He's got he's averaging the lowest shots per game of his career right now. So he's just not very aggressive. Perhaps if he was on a different team, those numbers would go up. That tends to happen a lot when when former Preds players find a new home. They tend to all of a sudden wake up offensively. But I just don't see the market being very heavy for Mikhail Granlund right now. And I don't see Poyle being too pleased with what he would see in return. But it could still be a situation where Granlin's a player that Poyle just says, you know what, it's time to move on. It's time to make room for other players. So we're going to move on from Granlin, maybe get a couple of draft picks and just let it go. So he's number three. Number two is Kevin Lankinen. I've got him on my trade board because he is going to be a free agent this offseason. And so it comes down to how much do you think Kevin Lankinen is going to help you down the stretch uh, when you could get something in return for him if you just decide to move on from him as you get much closer to the trade deadline? Uh, because Kevin Lankinen has shown that he should be a starter somewhere in this league right now. He has been outstanding in his limited action backing up UC Soros. And so it would be difficult to move on from him. I think it would put a dent in the playoff hopes for the Predators. So, again, this is why this nine-game stretch is so important because if, if the playoff odds really take a drastic hit in these next nine games, 
and they fall and they lose six of nine, six of their next nine or something like that, then I think you got to seriously consider trading Kevin Lincoln in and moving on and just calling up Iroslav Askarov and riding with him as your backup and and get something out of Kevin Lincoln in, which could be a pretty good little little deal for you because you're going to lose him in the offseason regardless. You're going to lose him. He's going to go somewhere as a starter in the offseason. So you got to really think about Kevin Lincoln in being traded. So he is number two on my list. And number one on my trade board is Dante Fabro, and it's going to be really hard to overtake Dante Fabro on my trade board because I actually think, unlike Mikel Granlin, I actually think that Dante Fabro has slightly elevated his trade value throughout the season. If you really watch the Predators closely, Dante Fabro is very, very disciplined on the defensive end. He is a master at being in the right place at the right time. Much like Ryan McDonough, Dante Fabro knows how to set up defensively and protect the house. He's really good at poke checking. He's really good at blocking shots. He's really good at his zone exits. Again, he doesn't bring a lot of offense like you would like as a defenseman, but you know what? That's okay because there's teams that would like to get a Dante Fabro for their future. And what makes him most enticing for a lot of teams is he's still extremely young. He People forget how much Dante Fabro was thrown into the, into the fire at such a young age. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has piled up the games already at his at his young age. So it's it's a matter of do you think he has reached his ceiling right now with the Predators? If you think that Dante Fabro has reached his ceiling, then that's why you got to decide you got to decide on possibly moving on from him. He is going to be a restricted free agent in 2023, and it's going to be difficult to keep him. It really is. You're going to have to really think about how you're going to retain him as a restricted free agent. So that's why, you know, you're talking about Fabro. He's played over 500 games for the Predators, and he's just 24 years old. That's a lot of NHL experience for a 24-year-old. He's played a lot of very critical minutes for this team. So I think it's very, very possible that Dante Fabro gets traded and is no longer a Nashville Predator after March the 3rd. I think it's very, very possible. That's why he's number one on my list. I'd be very interested to see how the Predators handle this. We're going to keep tabs on it. Let's round out episode 172. This has been your host, Chad Minton. I appreciate you joining me for this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday episode here as the Predators will be playing the Arizona Coyotes uh, the following day on Monday, they, they're going to try to string together a winning streak here. Again, hit the subscribe button below on YouTube. We appreciate that. And follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. I'm doing Fly Eagles Fly tonight for the Super Bowl. I got Jalen Hurts winning the MVP, Super Bowl MVP. He's going to take down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs because I like their defense a little bit more than I like the Chiefs' defense. I'll go ahead and say a final score of 24 to 21. I got Eagles 24, Chiefs 21. Do with that what you will. And also, man, it hurts me to see A.J. Brown, the former Tennessee Titan, out there doing big things for the Eagles. I think he's going to play a big part in this game as well. And the defense is going to, for the Eagles is going to force a couple really big turnovers. It's going to tilt this game in the favor of the Eagles. It should be a really good game. Toe-to-toe action for the Eagles and the Chiefs. Super Bowl 57. I hope you guys enjoyed the game tonight. 
Thank you for watching episode 172 of Catfish on Ice on our YouTube and, of course, listening on your favorite podcast platform. We'll see you later this week for a live episode as I'll be joined by the full crew, Kyle Perkins and Rich Howe. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy Super Bowl 57.